The nominees for Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role are... Thank you so much. <laughs> this is such a great honor to receive this in this year when we recognize and celebrate and honor women. And I'm so in love with my brother right now. <laughs> he just held me and said he loved me, and I know he's so happy for me. I want to thank Miss Hattie McDaniel for enduring all that she had to so that I would not have to. Um, I, I can't tell you how encouraging a thing like this is. It came true. <laughs> Welcome to a very special episode of the Best Supporting Actress Podcast. I'm Craig. And I'm David. And we are back with you for this very special episode. Um, this is our final girls episode. We love a spooky, ooky, creepy... I can't think of another EP word. Tis the season. Yeah. Uh, boo. Boo. Releasing this on Halloween, and we're going to talk about our uh, favorite horror performances that maybe should have been nominated for an Academy Award or that we wished would, and then our top five uh, final girls who we also believe should have probably had some sort of Academy recognition. And some did. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but some did. some did. Yeah. And we'll be back next week uh, with our episode covering 2016, so make sure you come back with that. And uh, with that, we should probably just jump right into it, don't you think? Let's do it. Yeah. So why, why do you think we want to do this episode why was this episode so important to you well it's halloween and we've been watching a lot of horror films oh you should tell them what, we, what we've been doing this whole month we've been trying to watch a horror film every single night but sometimes life happens yeah and we don't get to do that but we've watched quite a few i think to last us for a while i think that we're like nine Seven or eight, not nine, seven or eight behind at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, we, and most of them are movies that we've seen, so it's good. A lot of yours are not ones that I've seen. Well, that's because I'm old and you're bright, shiny, and new. That's not true. We're only like six months apart. But you like more, you like more recent horror films, and I yes. tend to gravitate more towards the 70s and 80s. Yeah. So you, and you'll see that when we do our final girls list that my. My list of final girls really are uh, more modern, and yours are very, like... Mm-hmm. But with my girls, that's where the, the trope started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm really a reflection of the of the future of it, or, mm-hmm. you know, the modernity of it. It's like the post-modern final girl. Yeah. Who you like. Yeah. yeah. So why do, you, why do you think it is that we like final girls so much? I mean, I, I can't speak for you, but for me... I think growing up a little gay kid who was made fun of a lot, um, who didn't really have a lot of friends growing up, these are the kind of films that I gravitated to. Yeah. Because it was always, I mean, especially with the, I don't really like calling them final girls, but it's these, um, these, these characters that 
were at the beginning repressed in some way, um, not overlooked mm-hmm. by a lot of the characters in the film, but then they find their strength at the end and kind of defeat the quote unquote monster. Yeah. Right. And I think that was my growing up. That was something that I was trying to do, whether it was from a bully or a family member um, or society in general. In general. <laughs> um, but I think that's why I gravitated towards yeah. horror films at a very, like I'm talking about like five, six years old. Yeah. Of seeing something um, in those films that I just, I just knew that I could identify with. But every time we talk about a horror film, you're like, oh yeah, I saw that when I was like seven. And I was like, you saw that movie when you were seven? My my parents did not police anything that I saw. And I think they were both very busy people and they worked a lot. So on Friday nights, it was my mom would pick me up from school. We'd go immediately to, of course, McDonald's, yeah. some kind of fast food. <laughs> then go to the video store. She would make me run in, get a film. So that way, we can go home, she can get back to work and work for a few hours, and then it was just me on my own watching these films. Yeah. Well, I think that there's something about... I we When we first met, I was trying to figure out, you know, what it is about horror films that we both love so much. Mm-hmm. And something that I find really interesting is that a lot of horror films can be um, tangentially drawn towards uh, gay life. You mm-hmm. know, the idea that you're being stalked by something, hunted by something that you can't figure out or you can't understand and it's mm-hmm. not until you defeat that that you can really be yourself yeah there's that sense about horror films and which is probably why so many gay men love horror films plus the camp factor and you know the the you know the interesting storytelling that comes with all these horror films as well yeah what would you consider to be um probably i mean we have a definition here but your own definition of what a final girl is i think of that and word. i'm gonna see if you're right because uh miss uh, Carol Clover kind of uh, has her own de- definition yeah. of what a final girl from her book Men, Women, and Chainsaws, which is pretty fantastic. <laughs> it's a if good title too. If you're an academic nerd, it's it's a great book too. Yeah. To well, when I think of a final girl, I think of um, the survivor. I think of someone who makes it to the end, mm-hmm. who defeats the monsters, who is able to overcome anxiety, sadness, you know, um, villainy, all of those things to ultimately rise victorious that's mm-hmm. what i think of as a final girl what about you yeah she well she talks a lot about how um the vantage point is told from that character so you see um this character is very it has a very distinctive arc in the film um they start at one place whether it's being sad alone um the outcast yeah and then becoming triumphant by the time the end um, is near, um, and it's that type, so it doesn't really, it doesn't have to be a woman. Yeah. But in her, what she talks about, it's usually it's usually a woman. But in these types of films, if you counter that with any other mainstream films outside of this genre, that trope is usually a male lead. Yeah. But it wasn't until the 70s and 80s where that was really pioneered as a female-fronted f- uh, role, mm-hmm. um, which is probably why we are so drawn to it, because a lot of these performances are strong, uh, powerful female performances, mm-hmm. um, which is what makes it so appealing. And I think there's something about a woman overcoming all of that that is more, to me, is more interesting than a mm-hmm. man 
overcoming all of that. And then if you see, like, if you hear, like, old interviews with Siskel and Ebert, and they talk about how these films are violent and against women, and it's um, it's the anti-feminist movement, because these, um, these killers and these stalkers are going after young women, and they're telling them, this was their quotes, um, to get back in the kitchen and to shut up and you know, blah, 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 blah. But I think it's, I, I don't see it that way because most of the, the majority of the survivors are females in these films and they're resourceful, they're strong. And I mean, they're they're badass too. Yeah. Which I agree with. What, why is it that you think that just to tie these two things together? So Mm -hmm. this idea of the podcast, you know, is why are these women, uh, who are nominated for best supporting actress, why are they so iconic? Why are, are they so? Why are we so drawn to them? Are they legends? Did mm-hmm. their performances or these Academy Award nominations make them legends? Why is it that you think that these two things are related for us? These horror films, in general, if you're a frou frou Academy voter, you see them as something that's very niche and that they probably should not have a space. Now, if you take something like The Shining or The Silence of the Lambs or The Exorcist or even Carrie, they try to steer a way of calling it a blatant horror film. Mm-hmm. Genre film is what Genre we call them now. Um, for instance, like The Silence of the Lambs. They wanted that to be, or they uh, marketed that as a psychological thriller. Uh-huh. This motherfucker eats people's faces, right? Right, and then film. Buffalo Bill skins pe- like that is terrifying. Yeah. So you put that side by side with something like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where you you don't see any blood really throughout the film, um, and people see that film and they see the title and it's like they see that they think that they saw a bloodbath. Right. Efforts over, but it's there's very there's very little blood. You can't tell film. me that a film like The Departed and a film like Carrie are not both horror films, mm-hmm. and that that, a, that The Departed is ca- categorized as a drama. Yet more people are killed, more people are shot. There's probably more bloodshed in that film, and it's but it's all men, mm-hmm. and that's classified as a drama, like mm-hmm. or a thriller, I guess maybe, but like. It is the same idea as a horror film. And we have so many action films now where so many people are killed or blown up or there's blood involved. It's just maybe not as gruesome as as a horror film would, would make it out to be. But the killing is the same. Like, the idea of it is the same. So why are we differentiating, really? Yeah, and then, like, with, with The Shining, another psychological thriller. Yeah. Right? To look at her performance... Shelley Duvall's performance in that. and I mean, how are we basing um, our choices for these Academy Award races? Right. Uh, technique, skill, performance. Performance. You look at her performance and there's something... You can tell that as an actress she went through something. Yeah. And that and still going Stanley, something. Stanley Kubrick kind of put her through the ringer to get to, get to that spot well. of terror and you see that, and you're like, how the fuck did she do that? Yeah. 
And then if you watch like, um, how doc- the fuck did she do that? And then go to, to doing fairy tales on PBS. I don't. I she needed she needed to do some fairy yeah. tales after that film. But if you watch like, I don't think we've watched the documentary about the making of that. I've seen it, but from like long, it was like a long time ago. Not Room Two Thirty Seven. You mean? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. But they talk. They show her like off to the side, and he's completely ignore. And she's like talking to him about you know I'm she's going through some traumatic experience and they're trying to fix the light or something or he's talking to some crew members and she's being completely ignored she's cold and they're trying they're trying to warm her up and he's just like waiting for her to get ready so she could go on uh-huh. and it's like if that's a, that's some psychological warfare that you're playing right there with your actresses yeah so i'm like well why wasn't she nominated um and one because i'm trying to think of who else was nominated that year, but nobody gave that kind of performance yeah. before. And there's, I would I would assume that it's a much harder to do than comedy to be to stay in that sense yeah. of um, hysteria the whole time. Yeah, um, I mean, I would I always liken these performances very much to dramatic performances because you're going deeply into an emotion that people are not necessarily super familiar with. Because how many times do you scream? Right. Today? Exactly. Mm-hmm. How many times do you feel genuine terror and fear in a day? How many times do you have to run for your life? You know, like, there's there's something about the mundane drama that is interesting because it reflects our life in a certain way. But there's also something about these intense emotional um, depths that these actresses are, are plowing in a horror film because we don't see that every day. Mm-hmm. You know, the, so, so many people will argue with us that, or argue in general, that horror films are unnecessary or that they are um, they're making us ambivalent to violence in many ways mm-hmm. but I think there's also an indulgence to a horror film that I think is really interesting because it's a way for us to live vicariously through something else that mm-hmm. we don't you know it's a way for us to experience terror that mm-hmm. we don't actually have to experience and that's what I, I don't like with the way that I grew up with my parents I could watch people get beheaded left and right but to show two a married couple having sex, yeah, um, that was like uh, absolutely not right. Well, there's a whole problem in American culture, especially in the last twenty five, thirty years, that sex has been incredibly taboo, but violence has gotten more and more acceptable. Mm-hmm. So violence is fine, sex not fine, and you have to wonder, like, why? Why do we live in a world now where? Killing people it, gruesomely and on screen is fine. I don't think fine. just in a world. I think it's in America. Well, yeah, I didn't mean in our. Yeah. I said in our world in yeah. in, in American culture. Yeah. Um, but then you know, sex is completely taboo. Mm-hmm. Less now, obviously, it's beginning to get better. But yeah, because then I think about that. Because then I think about how I was raised, and I'm like that. I was being repressed that way. Um, so you know, when I had the means to get out to be on my own. I just wanted to experience everything because I yeah. didn't know anything. Um, but um, I think it was the idea of watching two people have sex was going to inspire me to go out and do it. Right. But just like the idea of watching someone kill people was going to make you want to go out and kill people. Right. Not Which is not the case. Right. Yeah. Unless there's some psychological disposition that's already there. That's, you know. And I also think, I think it's a way of getting, uh, relieving stress. Yeah. As well. Um, before it was, when I was younger, it was a form of entertainment and I enjoyed these films and blah, blah, blah. 
Now, as I've gotten older, I've kind of um, backed away a little bit because I think the real world is much scarier than anything I can see right now. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so what we've done so yeah. here with this special episode is that we've decided to kind of delve into why we want to do it and then um, talk about our top five final girls and then some of the f- horror performances that we think deserved some Academy Awards attention, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, before we do that, though, we both noticed that the Academy doesn't tend to honor horror very often. Well, and they don't if, like to say that word. Right. They don't like to a- a- acknowledge uh, genre films like very they, often. Like, they, they would not consider Get Out a horror film. Right. Which, in, in the world, it is. Um, and so we have a couple of, like, a, I think a list of six performances that... Um, that really, really, I think, were recognized by the Academy or performances where the movie was recognized, but the actor was not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I think that talking about this is going to be interesting because, yeah, some of these roles have been nominated, have been um, recognized by the Academy, but some have not. Um, so we're going to jump right into that list with our one of our favorite actresses ever. Tony Collette mm-hmm. from The Sixth Sense. Yes, and, nominated for Best Supporting Actress. And will hopefully be nominated for Hereditary. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So I liked, I mean, I liked her performance more in Hereditary, but. Um, well, she Sixth was the Sense. lead in Hereditary. Yeah. So, um, and we probably won't get a chance to talk about her, but um, if she's nominated, because we talk about Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, actresses. she would probably be Best Actress um, for that. But we're talking about her, we'll talk about her when we get to Sixth Sense, too. So. Yeah. Do you think that that performance deserved to be nominated? I, yeah, I do. Because I remember watching that and that scene in the car with her and the little boy. Um, there was something, there was something very subtle in the way her emotions came across Yeah, on screen. And there was, it's those, those actors that can bring in um, different kinds of emotion at once because first she's angry because she thinks he's fucking with her um, and then all of a sudden she start he starts to tell her stuff that only her and her mother would know right and then that emotion you just watch that emotion and it come over her in a wave and I think that I think that's what sold me yeah on that well there's the, my biggest issue is that there are so many Tony Collette performances that I feel I love this movie and I love her in it, but there's just so many other performances that I think she was so much better in. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I was confused why she was nominated for this movie. I think and it was not, for that scene. Yeah. Um, but I do love that movie and I, would you classify that as a horror film? It has horror elements. Right. It's a ghost story, really. It's a ghost story. Yeah. 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 Well, the next one is a kind of another ghost story, but uh, it was Ruth Gordon. So if you listen to the, the the intro music, you can hear Ruth Gordon's uh, Academy Award speech because she's one of the few in this category that have actually and won. She happens to be, I'm going to say, my in my top five best actresses of yeah, all time. I love Ruth Gordon. And I, I'll tell you, I did not love Ruth Gordon until high school or college because I that's when I first saw Harold and Maude. Mm-hmm. And that's what made me really love her. And then I kind of went back and watched the rest. Yeah. Do you think that she deserved to win for Rosemary's Baby? That performance is very eclectic in a way of 
she's the nagging neighbor. But it's when that twist happens, it's like, holy fuck. Right. Um, so it's scary. Very, very scary. And kind of really setting a tone for the genre of uh, big name actresses to do these small parts in horror films. But not only that, like nobody ever... Nobody thinks of Ruth Gordon in that way. Right. And then you see that performance and you're like, you think you think you're coming in to see a comedy. Yeah. And yes. then she comes out <laughs> and she she's very charismatic as the neighbor, you know, coming in. But then once that twist happens, it's like, oh, fuck. But it's also brilliant in casting because people that loved Ruth Gordon, um, her stuff before come in because they're comfortable with her. Right. And they feel like they're going to be taken care of. Right. right? And then that happens. And I think it's, that's a, was a big surprise. Yeah. Well, the next one on our list, um, is, was not nominated or even recognized really. Um, but we both saw get out and get out won some Academy award, got some Academy award attention last year. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think that Allison Williams, your favorite, should have been nominated for Get Out since there were other, you know, nominations that came from that movie. I uh, I liked her performance, but I don't. To me, I don't think it was Academy Award worthy. Yeah, I I hear that. I my own the only thing that that sticks in my craw about it a little bit is that you could not have had that movie without her performance. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, it could have been another actress, right? It could have been another actress doing that. Yeah. But you would not have had that, the, the tension of that movie or the surprise of that movie without her performance. You need, and she turns that performance on a dime because you think she's one thing and then she becomes this entirely different thing well, that, by the that's end. That's also like, it's with what I was saying about Ruth Gordon. You get these people, these actors in here that has have a lot of charisma. You've seen their work before. So you feel like you're safe. Yeah. When you walk into that theater and you're like, okay, I'm safe with these actors. Like, we'll talk about Jamie Lee Curtis later. But um, when you go see a Jamie Lee Curtis movie, you know you're going to feel... She's going to take care of you and you're going to be taken care of. Yeah. So you feel that way and that's when it's just like, what the fuck just happened? Right. When it completely shocks you. Yeah. But I don't... Why do you think it was... Why do you think it should have been... She should have been nominated? I don't know that it should have been nominated. I just think mm-hmm. that that movie was getting a lot of love but and her attention. Her performance specifically, I just think it, the movie wouldn't have been the same without it. Mm-hmm. The the ability that she has to be um, engaging and sympathetic and then to turn that completely around, I think, was really smart and really effective. Mm-hmm. And she was on a lot of lists at the end of the year, mm-hmm. but then didn't quite make the cut. And it was also like they, they didn't call it a horror film. They called it a social thriller. Well, yeah. And now we've opened up a new genre of films, which yeah. I'm excited about. <laughs> Which I I don't disagree that it's a social thriller, but I also think it is a horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, by any stretch of the imagination, I you would call th- that a horror film. Yeah, I think that reminded me more of Rosemary's Baby than yeah. anything else. Yeah, the secretive, the secretiveness, the yeah. people you don't know, the mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, we have two more performances to talk about before we move on. Um, one not nominated, probably should have been, and one nominated, but maybe we don't know. Uh, the f- next one is uh, Brooke Smith in um, Silence of the Lambs, and you, you had to kind of remind me. You're like, oh, the the this woman, the woman in the well. And I was like, I don't remember who that actress was. <laughs> who was that actress? <laughs> yeah, I. It's it's very it's a very small but intricate part. Yes, 
in that film and you needed to have a, a really good actress in there to um to carry that um and when, when i was in imdb i was like oh i she's know done her everything. she's done everything she's been in yeah. everything she's been in american horror story she's been in a lot of Grey's anatomy she's been in a lot of stuff mm-hmm. um but i was like oh yeah and if you look at like best performances in horror films she's always on that list always for that role and this, I think this is why, because we'll talk about some of these other performances later, but it's, it's as an act, I mean, both of us have acted before and it's getting to that. I've never had to get in that place of trauma where, Wait, what word is that? Tra- trauma. Um, trauma. Yes. But I've never been able to be, I was, I was never put in that space of, I needed to feel like that for at least 24 hours a day. <laughs> no, you know, no, never. Or however long they filmed it. But, um, and just to be stuck down in that well, like who, you can't really, you can't really do any kind of acting exercise. You just have to be in that moment. So I think for her to uh, portray that kind of trauma yeah. is, uh, I think that's what kind of stood out for me anyway. And I think the thing that probably hindered her from a nomination is that she does kind of the same thing all the time because she mm-hmm. doesn't have any... She does have a range of emotions, but she doesn't have much else to do. Also... And she's a victim. And also, she wasn't that um, well-known during yeah. that time either. And I think that's that's another great thing about casting is that they cast someone that... I mean, you don't know who she is. You, you think, okay, she's going to die. Right. You put um, Allison Williams down in that well, you're going to think... She's going to be okay. She's going to be fine. She's a star. Someone's going to save her. But if you put Brooke Smith in that position, then you're just... Especially at that time. And I think that's what's um, so visceral about that because you you feel for her. You don't want it to happen, but it fucks with the audience. Yeah. Well, our last um, performance on this was an was actually nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are you looking at the list? Can you... No, don't look. I want to see if you can guess what it is. Is it Piper Laurie? No. She was nominated, but we'll talk about her later. Child. Pea Soup. Oh, Linda Blair. Yes. Linda Blair was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for The Exorcist. Do you remember when you saw The Exorcist? Yes. I was at my Nana's house, Mm -hmm. um, and I think I had rented it, or my aunt had rented it or something, and I watched it at night by myself, um... Because she was asleep, and so I was—I think I watched it in the basement, mm-hmm. and I was out of my head, scared of that movie. Yeah, yeah, frightening. There's, there's a few films. We'll talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre here in a minute, but um, I think there's some films that were um, put upon me at a young age where you just kind of knew don't see this yeah. <laughs> or don't uh, don't try to get through this. Wait till you're, you're older to get through it. And there was just those types of films that people would call, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Right. I don't know anybody, anybody in my life that will say that The Exorcist does not terrify them in any way. And well, plus I, I grew up Catholic. So I, right. you know, I, anybody is like, anytime the devil was talked about, it was just like, oh, don't do it. Don't talk about it. I think I would need to watch it now to know if I'm still... Because I'm not, I'm not easily scared by a lot, especially now. When mm. I was a kid, yeah. But that movie, her performance specifically, not Ellen Burstyn's performance, not the priest's performance, but her performance was like, 
that that is an actress doing a lot of stuff and being like subject to a lot of you know prosthetic work a Mm. lot of special effects work like and for it being the 70s a lot of that looking as genuine and real as it does is a real testament to her Mm. her ability to sell it she's she talks about in a lot of interviews about um how hard it was afterwards because that's all people people just saw her as reagan the whole time so it's that it's that it's that opposite feeling of what fame feels like with people asking you for your autograph, but it's people that are genuinely terrified to be anywhere near yeah. you that um, I don't think people talk about yeah. too much. But I I would like to watch that movie again because um, I think they both deserve nominations for that movie because mm-hmm. it was intense um, and directed by a gay man. Really? Oddly enough, William Friedkin. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm saying that out of turn. I don't know that officially that he's gay, but if you look, I mean, he worked on the boys in the band movie he did uh-huh. the exorcist he did a couple of other things that were hey daddy <laughs> hey hey willie uh and on that note we'll be right back to talk about our top five favorite final girls Ooh. spooky And we are back to our spooky, ooky, kooky Halloween episode of Best Supporting Actress. We're going to talk about our top five favorite final girls. Are you ready for this? I think I've been waiting my whole entire life to talk about this. <laughs> well, it's funny because I had brought up, um, at, right after we saw Stars Born, that I wanted to do a special Stars Born episode. And you were like, absolutely not. And then, because I think we're going to talk about that film a lot. <laughs> but then, no more the than 10, 10 minutes later, you texted me and you said, "But we could do a, a Halloween Final Girls episode." Because I knew Halloween was coming up. <laughs> so clearly, we know it's important, and we're going to dive right into this uh, this spooky, ooky, Halloweeny style episode. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So we're going to go through our top five list. Mm-hmm. Do you want to reveal number one, or do you want me to? You can do it. All right. Well, because you, she's your favorite. My beyond, yeah, beyond, yeah, and we also she just had a new movie come out, so we the can OG. really talk. We can talk about her. The number one final goal for both of us really is Jamie Lee Curtis. Woohoo! Just in, I'm gonna insert a little, um, a little a, 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 audio of her screaming here. <laughs> so, um, what is it about Jamie Lee Curtis that makes her the ultimate final girl for you? I think because I, growing up, I was. A repressed virginal nerd and I think that her character in that film um, I identified with that right quite a lot I was never on dates I never went on dates I was always babysitting and I was always the first person that people would call because they all knew that you had no life that I had no life yeah I had books and I had school and that was it yeah um, so to see that and to see her kind of overcome and um, take down this motherfucker at the end, I think, was inspiring. Um, well, and she's done that, inspiring. what, six or seven times at this point? This is, I think this new film is her fifth. Because it was Halloween. Halloween 2. Halloween 2. Terror Train. Or wait. Prom Night. Are you talking about the Halloween series? Or are you talking about? I'm just talking about her final girl performances in general. Uh, Hall- her Scream Queen wait, title. No, no, no. Okay, wait. Halloween, and then she filmed The Fog, 
Terror Train, mm-hmm. Prom Night, and then it was like a bookend, and then she did Halloween 2. So, okay. and then after that, it was like... Regular know. movies for a while, and then she did Halloween H2O, and then Halloween Resurrection. We I don't want to talk about that. that just... <laughs> I liked Halloween H2O. It was. It's not what I expected it to be. Sure. Yeah. And then you have Josh Hartnett with a weird haircut. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> when we just recently watched uh, Terror Train was on our um, 31 Days of Halloween Horror mm-hmm. Spectacular list. Uh, and I had never seen Terror Train. And so we watched it because it was one of your picks. And I think that she's great in it. I really do. I like really liked her performance. I've seen Prom Night. seen Halloween. I've seen Halloween 2. Prom... Okay, there's there's a few... If, I, if we may just take a little time. Okay. Prom Night has the best... <laughs> I know what you're going to say. ...dance sequence. Yes. That it ruined my prom night. Because <laughs> you wanted it to be just like that. I wanted it to be just like that. And then when I went into wherever the hell we had our prom, I was like... Oh, this is nobody's dancing, and there's not bright lights. And <laughs> I don't think there's not a homicidal maniac like killing people. Um, if your prom was like the prom in prom night, oh write in, let us know because we want to hear all God. about it. And then it, it's just that moment of the the bitchy girl comes in, and she kind of grab or Jamie Lee Curtis grabs her boyfriend. She's like, "Let's show her what we can do." And then it's like four minute. It's a full, like, disco number, too. And it's, the floor's all lit up, and it just, it, I will... And it's intercut with someone being murdered, right? I think so. I think it kind of goes, but that's a long four-minute sequence of her, and her, her prom date just dancing. Yeah. And I will watch that over and over, because that brings me so much joy. Right. Do you think that any of her horror film performances were um, nomination-worthy? I I wish she would be nominated for this 2018 Halloween. And here's where I'm going to very much agree with you, um, which is not rare in our marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved the new Halloween. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Um, I loved pretty much the whole Halloween series. You get, like, it deep into, like, five and six, and then a little bit. I'm like, man, maybe not. I would would say... Because you can put those two films, the 78 version and the 2018, if you put those together, because that's a, that's a, it's almost like a weird performance art piece that it's someone doing the same role for like 40 right. years or living with that for 40 years. Um, and that character And I would itself. judge that as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I find that I found her performance in the new Halloween um, to be so compelling and so interesting and so full of uh, pathos and so full of, like, years and years of, as Jamie Lee Curtis would say, trauma. Yes. But there's there was, there was, there was two moments in the film that really stood out for me. I know this is a Best Supporting Actress um, podcast, but... She would not be uh, nominated in that category. No. But, but I... Judy Greer would. Uh, yeah. Um... There was two moments in that film that kind of, it was emotional and you probably, you weren't, you weren't looking at me, but it was just, it got me teary eyed because there was that moment when she comes back from seeing him leave the um, sanitarium and she goes and she meets her granddaughter and her granddaughter just got like an award for National Honor Society. 
and then she looks at her and you can tell she's she's going through something but she says i was a national honor society too so it's like from she has stayed 17 forever for 40 years 17 and intensely frightened of the whole world around her and it's it's a very subtle moment but you can see her turn back into a 17 year old probably in like three seconds yeah and i said only somebody that played that and has played that character for that long and been with that character for that long that's genius walked out of that movie saying uh, jamie lee curtis has never been nominated for an academy award um she should have been nominated for true lies well but yes golden globe maybe but uh she should be nominated for this performance Mm -hmm. alone because this performance is full of depth it's full of intricacy um, I think the movie in general kind of hinges too much on that, and I wish that they focused more on her and her story and less on the, like, random killings, but I understand that that's part of what makes it a horror film, mm-hmm. and that's part of what makes him Michael Myers, I get all of that, yeah. but I wanted to see that movie, I wanted to see the movie of this person living with this trauma for 40 years and mm-hmm. what happens to it, and you see that, you especially see it at the end, mm-hmm. but I wanted more of it. And I remember thinking, damn, she is good. Like, I've always loved her, but damn. Yeah. Like, the, I, when, I, when, I, when you say the name Jamie Lee Curtis, I think of pole dancing around the bed in True Life. That's the yeah. first thing I think of. But now, it's this. I, I, I think she's highly underrated as a dramatic actress. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to get... I don't want to um, spoil anything, but... In this film, I don't see her. I don't see her as a final girl, at all. Seventy-eight. Yeah, I do. But here, I think it's. She's taking that idea and spinning it around. Well, people are saying that she's she's a badass in this film, but I don't. I didn't see it that way. I saw it, this is someone who has, um, is preparing for the worst, um, and she's going to do whatever she can to protect herself. So she's not. She's not like Linda Hamilton and. T2. Right. Right. Um, but if you think about it, she's taking that final girl aspect to the next level. So, like, a final girl lives through, is triumphant, but then they never they never talk about what happens after that. Mm-hmm. They never talk about the moment after you wake up and you realize all your friends are dead or you've just experienced this traumatic event and what happens to you then. They've never, we've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. And so this is a movie to take that to the next level and to elevate the idea of a final girl and make her a, a, a real life human who is suffering from something mm-hmm. and then to talk about that and how that happens and what what is the result of that which makes it all the more interesting yeah yeah so. i mean we could probably spend a whole oh my god we could talk about her forever yeah but um but we both love yeah. jamie lee curtis she is the number one final girl number one scream queen all of that yeah for us so Yes, queen. Yes, cream queen. Yes, yes. <laughs> I want to share it with her face that says, yes, queen. Yes, cream queen. Okay, that's what I want. Well, the next okay. one is one of your another one of your favorites, who I enjoy, but I don't uh, have as much affinity for. Yes. yes. Do you want to introduce this one? Yes. Um, my number two is, I think this is one of the first horror films that I saw when I was little. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Heather Langenkamp from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. And I think I gravitate to her a lot because she reminded me of my sisters uh-huh. growing up. Um, that's what I felt when I saw her. I saw my sisters. Um, 
And once again, I thought high school was going to be exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah. And I... Well, we went to high school not. in an entirely different decade, so... I know, but in my mind, I'm like, my prom is going to be like prom night. High school is going to be like a nightmare on Elm Street. I love that all of your formative moments of your youth were... Or horror films. Were horror films. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why I did Explains not... so much. Also, why I never wanted to go to Texas. Yeah, well, understandably. And then I had to drive. And then you... Uh, well, you were with your husband, though, so you were... No, fine. I'm talking about when I drove by myself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Through it. Super nervous. So, yeah. Well, and I didn't see A Nightmare on Elm Street until I was probably, like, 18 or 19. Because um, I, as a kid, was not huge into horror films. Mm-hmm. It didn't... That didn't really happen until I got into my, like, you know, late teens, college years. Um, and so I was a latecomer to Heather Langenkamp. And I will tell you the truth... I did not enjoy her performance in the first one. It wasn't until I saw New Nightmare where, where I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I kind of like what you're doing. You're playing a version of yourself. You aren't a great actress necessarily. Like you're not a, you know, you're not an Academy Award winning actress. Like who's going to get those kind of roles after this? But for what you're doing, for how you're doing it, and for what you're trying to you know, telegraph to the audience... I think it works really well, and especially I think it works in New Nightmare. Mm-hmm. I would like to watch the original Nightmare on Elm Street again, just to verify my thoughts. But And and also, the same thing when we talked about Jamie Lee Curtis, this was also the same actress who played this same character Role. years later. So she brings that that past and that history with her. And in, in a kind of weird uh, connection, I mean, that... Kind of, that movie kind of deals with the same thing. She's kind of going through, uh-huh. like, trauma based on what she had done in this film. Mm-hmm. And, like, all of that's becoming too real for her. Although it's much more campy and, like... It, it, I don't I don't want to say campy. I'll say campy for the rest of the sequels. But this one well, was... I mean, because, uh, you know, um, Fr- Freddy Krueger became, like, Rambo. Right. Or, like, Charles Bronson or something like that. Like, um, he became, like, very iconic right. after... Um, but that first one was terrifying. But she's dealing not only with someone that's trying to kill her in her dreams and killing off her best friends. She's dealing with a father who is a police officer right. or a sheriff, I think, and a mother who's an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, and it's it's this... The children are paying for the sins of the parents. Who... Which is what the film really is kind of about. And what the remake really makes, like, super even, clear. I, I can't. You know what I'm like, talking about, I, Rooney Mara? I cannot. I cannot. Not even Connie Britton? I think that's what they missed. The first film, they had practical effects. And I think you lose something when you start, when you get a, a music video director in there and they want to make everything fast and quick and use a lot of CGI. Yeah. You just miss that magic of what made the original so scary and so... Well, we just recently so watched the remake of Evil Dead, and um, you had never seen it, and you didn't really want to see it. And then you said to me, well, I will watch it if he uses practical effects. Yeah. And so we'd look it up, and he does. Vidi Alvarez does use practical mm-hmm. effects in that movie. Yeah, because growing growing up and then being, like, I remember Best Day of My Life was when my dad got me a subscription to Fangoria magazine. <laughs> because these... Fagoria? <laughs> I wish. But it was... Isn't it run by a gay man? Didn't you tell me so. that? He was the editor. I don't think he's the editor anymore. Well, wasn't but wasn't the original editor a gay man? I think so. Yeah, that explains a lot. Yeah, but it was Rick Baker, 
Greg Nicotero, Howard Berger, all of these people that did special effects, those people were kind of, they were my sports stars. Yeah. Um, and those were the people whose careers I continue to follow through this day. Yeah. But Do you think that Heather Langenkamp is a, any of her performances were worthy of any kind of awards recognition? I think her, I think a new nightmare, I think. Yeah. Those problems, and then I because she was never nominated for an Emmy, uh, Emmy from just the uh, ten of us. I love that show. <laughs> I love that show. But then also there was uh, three of the daughters were in a Nightmare on Elm Street films. Yeah, well, and if you look at her IMDb pro- IMDb profile, she's really kind of made a turn backwards and has been doing a lot more horror. There's going to be a resurgence of in about a year. I agree. She's going to come back. They're going to do copy exactly what this Halloween did, ignore yep. all of the sequels, and just start fresh from the beginning. Yeah. And I guarantee that that's going to Do you think they can happen. do that, though, without Wes Craven? Um, I mean, they, they did in however many sequels that they made after that. I guess that's true. You know, and it's... Uh, I just think that this the, the reason that this Halloween is so successful is because you, you have new writers and a great director but you also have the involvement of the original the original writers and the original director mm-hmm. uh, and the the Deborah Hill and John Carpenter who came up with the concept of it so they're bringing all of what they know and what yeah. they've done to that too I, I just think without Wes Craven you wouldn't really be able to do that and it's the same way I feel what you know I want there to be a Scream 5 and a Scream 6 but I at this point don't think there can be no you know yeah but that leads us really easily into our next Scream Queen <laughs> Can I do it? Can I introduce? Of course. Because she's my favorite. It seems like this is your Jamie Lee Curtis. She is my Jamie Lee Curtis. 110%. Even though she's only done four horror films, really. Right? Four? Five. What's the fifth one? The Craft. Oh, The Craft. Duh. And I thought she was, she did like an obscure, I thought I saw her in a horror film on Cinemax called, like, um, oh God, what was it? Um... She plays like a sheriff, but you can tell like she's too young to play a sheriff oh. or something. <laughs> we should but check her IMDb like, profile. It was some, I think it was called The Dark, maybe. Uh-huh. Somebody find out. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. Uh, oh, is that the one with uh, Anna Paquin? I don't know, but it seemed no, like that's there called was a, The Darkness. There was some like, no, because this was like from the like 92, 93. This was right before. We'll find out. Yeah. yeah. But um, number three Scream Queen is Nev Campbell. My... My favorite, my pick, my of this list, besides one other, she is my she is my pick, my top pick for my favorite scream queen. Can I tell you why? Yeah, because I'll probably be silent for the rest of <laughs> this segment. Well, you love the scream movies. I do. Yeah, I mean, I do. I I kind of put them in a very different category. Okay, because I think they're most they're mostly meta, and I'm not. That's not the kind of horror films that I like. I don't like. I don't like the horror films that kind of make fun of the genre. Sure. Um, I don't find very often that Scream makes fun of the genre, at least not until Scream 3. Um, I feel like it is referential and meta, mm-hmm. like you said, and I feel like it is influenced by so much of horror, and it references that, which is why I like it so much. Mm-hmm. I liked Rose McGowan. <laughs> yes, and you like Parker Posey. I that was That's the only reason why I liked Scream 3. Scream 3. Yeah, I well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, the reason I picked Nev Campbell is because I think Sydney Prescott, for the modern age, is the ultimate final girl for us. Like you have all of these '80s finals final girls on your list, but I think that in the '90s, mm-hmm. you predominantly have 
have Campbell. Okay. Con- I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> I'm building a case. Yeah, it's fine. You can argue with me about it. It's fine. I don't know that you. I'm not going to disagree with you necessarily. If you, but... if you look, if, okay, if you look at the the trope of the finer girl um, that Carol Clover talks about in her book, it's usually a vir- a virgin, uh-huh. right? Sydney's um, a virgin. Repressed. Repressed. Yes. Um, but Sydney's not a virgin at the end. At the end, she's not. No, but, but she, she still is. Has sex. She starts at the so, a virgin. Right, so that's where all these kind of uh, um, rules happen, right? right? Yeah. It should be a virgin, should be repressed. And if you look at the majority of the final girls in the late 70s, early 80s, these girls were very repressed. But I also think that there's something that Wes Craven was doing that was really interesting, and Kevin Williamson really, too, that they were bringing the final girl in the horror film into a different decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I picked Nev Kimball is because Scream was a really influential movie for me because it really did set, that movie set off my love of horror. Um, yeah. Because I didn't, I mean, I saw it when I was 16, 15. My, da- my dad took, he let me skip school and we went to the movies together. Jealous. We saw that. Yeah. Because it was during, it was during, right before Christmas break, I think it opened on the 10th or the 12th of December. We'll have to verify that, but yeah. I had friends in high school. My best friends worked at the movie theater Mm -hmm. all through high school. And so on Thursday nights, we'd always get to go and see movies. And I remember that's how I saw Scream 2 and how I saw Scream 3. Mm -hmm. And I think we rented Scream and we saw it in someone's house. Um, But I just remember seeing it and being like, I have never seen anything like this before. Mm -hmm. And to have a character who lives, survives, makes it through four movies when you think, especially in the third one, she's definitely not going to make it out of there. Yeah, well, she wasn't hard. She was hardly in that. Yeah, that which is why so many, people, so many people thought she was a killer in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, her performance, specifically in the first one, I found really interesting mm-hmm. um, because she was a badass in a way, but she was also soft and she was horrified by what was happening to her mm-hmm. traumatized by the death of her mother and then more traumatized by the fact that these two boys had been kind of the perpetrators of that mm-hmm. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um and i think if you look at her turn as a uh, heroine that she really was dealing with so much baggage she's i, I equate sydney prescott and laurie strode is very much because they had to watch their friends get murdered or were murdered by their friends, which I think has to be worse than just some sort of like not masked only, unknown not only person. Friend, it was like boyfriends. It was boyfriends, friends. Uh, second film, all of her friends. Yeah, like it was just anybody that was around her. So I guess that would be very traumatizing. When it, that's why I think Scream Four is so interesting because she comes back not as this like. Not that, not like the person she was in Scream Three, who was mm-hmm. living secluded, tied up, not like, mm-hmm. not exposing herself to the outside world. But she was telling her story and coming through that and becoming a more powerful person. And she really does become. She's a heroine of that movie as well, but she becomes kind of a like a hero, really a big hero of that movie because she, she really does survive it again. And it again, it's someone in her family. You know what um, I mean? Like. Yeah. I only liked really the first one, and then I just liked Parker Posey in the third one. Oh my god, I could that watch. Was really about. I it. could watch all four of those movies like any day. You just uh, my if you ask my roommate Nicole from when I was in grad school, we went. I made her and my friend Cody go see that movie with me mm-hmm. like late at night in the movie theater, and then I 
loved it so much that I downloaded a cam version of it and I watched it at home like once a week and she would come home and she would be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm watching Scream 4 again. She's like, you need to stop watching that movie. It was so good. (laughs) I I think the best review was my dad's because anytime, because he was usually, because my mom never liked them. Um, but he would always be the one that takes me, that would take me. We were leaving and usually he was, he either fell asleep or he was like, what the fuck was that piece of shit? Yeah. But we were walking out and I just remember he was like, hmm, not bad. Not bad. Because I mean, if you think about it, it is gory, but it, I think that's more of a character piece than it is a slasher film. You know, like, yes, people die and it's super gory, but I think it's more interesting as a character study of who these people are i was watching i was watching a little three minute like clip of everybody that auditioned for that film and it was pretty interesting yeah i'm sure it was a whole huge cast list and i'm like that would have been such a different film if certain people were cast yeah and not but um, i don't and i here's the deal i i love nev campbell and i have loved her since that movie but i especially love her now in house of cards I think that she was brilliant on House I of I think Cars. she's gotten more interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't... She she did a... Did you ever watch See the Company? I did See the Company. Robert I liked, Altman. I yeah. liked that. Well, because I, I, I yeah. worship at Altman's feet. But um, I thought that was like pretty. I was yeah. like, why wasn't she noticed for that? Yeah. But um, I'm not going to say I hated Scream. Yeah. But I, I You can't I, say I you hated Scream it. because you're married to a Scream fan. I enjoyed it, but I, I, like I said before, I don't like the, yeah. I don't like the whole making I don't, fun of the genre. I don't believe that her performance in that movie would have probably ever been nominated for anything. Oh, wait. And Carrie Fisher in Scream 3. Okay. Yeah. Carrie Fisher and Parker Posey, Scream 3. All yeah. right. Continue. Yeah. But I do, I do find her performance really interesting, and I do find it really compelling. Um, I don't know that she would have ever been nominated for anything for that performance but i do think it showed off a really interesting side of her personality and inside of her as an mm-hmm. actress that maybe you hadn't seen before especially because she came from party of five and television and yeah. you hadn't seen that side of her yet and i think that was really interesting but i think in each of those it just kind of it followed the same formula that you could just after the second one you were like okay i know exactly what's going to happen i know this is going to happen i know she's going to go through this blah 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 but um I think it would have been more interesting if they killed her off in that second film. Well, yeah, but it would have changed the trajectory of quite a bit. Yeah. So, well, speaking of trajectory, see, I can I can segue like a motherfucker. Um, do you know who our next final girl is? Did you, like you like you're writing a segue? No, I can segue into something new. Like I can move this conversation. Isn't can, that what those little things are called? Yeah, they're segways? called segways. I'm not talking about riding a segue. <laughs> like a cop, like a half cop hoverboard bicycle. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Do you know so who like, our next final girl is? I was just pictured you segwayed into. Uh, no. Okay. Um. Is it one of mine? It's, it's one of mine, I think. But you agree with me. Who was it again? I'm gonna give you hints and see if you can guess it. Okay. okay? Um, make it hard. Oh God, make it hard. Uh, uh, space. Balls. No. Um, working girl. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Um, who? I was late in the game to this character, and I, if you would have asked me even three years ago, probably would have said no. She's not a final girl. Mm-hmm. But then when you think about it. Um, Alien, the Alien movies aren't just science fiction. They are 
science fiction horror mm-hmm. in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially as you go later into the, into the, the well, series. It, the, I mean, the first film, it's, it's a haunted house. Yeah. In, in space. space. Yeah. Do you think that, uh, Alice, I said Alice Ripley. <laughs> God, um, I'm so gay. <laughs> Alice Ripley. Alice Ripley from Broadway, you know. <laughs> uh, Ellen Ripley. Uh-huh. Uh, I wish she was. Can I you imagine Alice Ripley, Ripley playing Ellen Ripley? She would just sing oh. the fucking alien to death. God, that'd be so great. And she's Get so me off crazy. This ship. Um, For those of you who don't know, Alice Ripley is a very crazy pants Broadway actress who is... She's probably listening to this podcast. We love you, Alice Ripley, but you're crazy pants. Just watch, crazy pants? watch some of her YouTube interviews. We're, love- we're going too far into this, into this, but let's get back to Ellen Ripley. Okay. All right. Do you think that Ellen Ripley is the final girl? If you're, if you're calling alien and aliens... Will you... Alien and aliens are two separate films yes. to me. Start with aliens. Don't start with alien. Because I would think of her character in Alien as a final girl. Okay. And, but then once again, into the sequel, because we really should have established um, just that standalone movie, at the yeah. first film. So we should have just talked about Halloween 78. Sure. And so on and so on. Because um, it's another actress who has continued, continually played the same character over and over again yeah continually that's the word you're looking for it's late yeah it's it fine. is late it's um, almost all hallows eve we're getting scared so um so yeah so she brings that past and that history with her into these other films too so i would say her character in, or her performance in the first alien is probably a right. final girl performance her this performance in aliens one, is more like jamie lee curtis in this, in no, this. Uh, well uh, i consider sigourney weaver in aliens a badass. Yeah. Because she's... Um, she's kicking ass. She's... Isn't she, like, in the military or something? Yeah. Well, she's saving... She's in the... Yeah. She's yeah. saving lives in the second one. She's, like... She's trying to she, tell everyone what to do and, you know... Yeah, so she's, like... She's in charge. So that's... I, I see those two... Even though they start in the same movie together. Um... And you again, remember? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Ta- Betty that's White. What, that's why Bell. I love that movie, because you got... Two scream queens in one in comedy. One, in one comedy. Um, but Aliens is more. That's she's more of a warrior. I would consider that because yeah. she's dealt with these people before, so she knows exactly what's going to happen. Do you not think that that's kind of the same trajectory a little bit? No, because she kind of knows what she's getting herself into until that last moment where she's like, "Oh shit!" There's like a million of these things. Yeah. But she's still very much in charge, and she knows how to keep herself safe, how to keep people safe. They don't listen to her. But I, I think it's a very, it's, I don't think it's a final girl. I mean, she lives, but sure. it's, I think she's, she's more of the, the male lead. Right. I the like film. the evolution of Sigourney Weaver in those films. I like the uh, evolution of Ellen Ripley in those films, which is why I can more, I think I can more adeptly categorize her as a final girl because of what she goes through and where she ends up being. I think that she, it's an elevation of the idea of a final girl. Mm-hmm. And she was nominated for an Academy Award for her performance in Aliens. Mm-hmm. So that she is the one outlier on our list of Scream Queens who was actually recognized by the Academy. Mm-hmm. Not for Best Supporting Actress, obviously, 
But that alien should have definitely been nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, and, well, there's other actresses on the list, not on the list, too, who have been nominated for yeah. horror films. But, but you love Sigourney Weaver as well? I liked her in those films. I liked her in Ghostbusters. <laughs> I liked Amy Potts in Ghostbusters. Of course. That was my favorite. Do you want to take, take the last one? Since this is your Oh, pick. my God. This is... An, this is um, oh, God. It's, it's she passed away a few years ago. But I will tell you that um, Marilyn Burns in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre... I because I always remember her face on the cover of that VHS copy and it was just a picture of her traumatic face and crying um and any time I walked back that and then it was like leather face like in the middle yeah of her of her of her of her head um anytime I walked past that VHS copy uh-huh at the video store I I would have I remember when I was going to rent it and I would walk back and forth because I was so terrified <laughs> to grab it because I thought my life was going to change yeah. if I saw that or I was going to see something that I should not have been seeing. Yeah. Um, and then I remember watching it and then you watch that film and it's it's almost, it feels like a snuff film. Like yeah. you're just, we're just planted into these people's lives. Well, I've heard so many people describe that film as beautiful. Film, Yeah. Like the way it's shot, the, the way, way it, yeah. cinematography is, the way yeah. the acting is is handled. Like, it's been a long time since I've seen it mm-hmm. um, because you want to talk about turning away an audience instantly. It's you put that title on there, mm-hmm. and I know why the title is there. But like as but, a teenager, when I saw that title, I was like, uh, no. I also think that's that. genius in a way because you get you cancel out everybody who does not. Yeah. You know, a big portion of film goers that don't like to see those yeah. films. So it's really just a kind of almost a fan made film or it's uh, dedicated to the fans of yeah. the genre. Do you think that Marilyn Burns should have been nominated for a um, Academy Award? It's an it's another one of those performances where you're like the same with Shelley Duvall. How the fuck? did she get through that filming? Yeah. Because if you watch documentaries on the making of the film, you could just, I mean, it was just, it was hard on the whole cast and crew. Filming in the summer in Texas. Yeah. Like, it's, that's, it's, that was a horror story in itself. But then you, you hear stories that, or you hear her tell stories about making the film and what she kind of went through through the whole film. Uh-huh. And, um, I think... And then you watch the film and you see what she's going through. And that's another performance where you're watching it and you're like, how's this, this girl, how's this girl going to survive right. through this whole thing? Her friends didn't survive this. Yeah. Um, but. And then you root for her. And that's, and that's what I think makes it interesting. Final girl is yeah. that you, you want them to succeed. You want them to get through it. You're not sitting there in the movie theater like, well, you could die and I'd be fine. Whatever. It's fine. The movie goes on. I, th- the reason that people get so invested in these films is because, and in these actresses, yeah. is because you desperately want them to survive. Yeah. And watch, like watching this, new, we keep going back to Halloween 2018, but when you go into that film, you almost feel secure and comfortable with Jamie Lee Curtis. You feel like she's going to take care of you. Right. And nothing bad is going to happen to her because she's going to protect herself. Yeah. Right, and then even with Nev Campbell, after so many movies, you know that she's she's gonna she knows how to live. She's gonna it. kick this 
As Holman said, live through this. Yes. But with Marilyn Burns' performance, it was almost... Because I, li- I think we like to think that we would react in those badass ways when we're confronted with that. Right. Um, but her performance through the whole thing, it's like she was experiencing this in real time, in real life. And it's like this this woman is not going to survive through right. this. And it's like she reacted the same way that I know I would probably react if I saw someone so chasing think me her with a chainsaw. her performance is more relatable than the others. And it's real. Like, yeah. it's, it just doesn't seem like she was... You can't see anything. You can't see um, the dials working. Right. Which I think is what makes a really interesting performance there. Yeah, and it's like she's being beaten and she's being terrorized and she's being cut. And it's like... And then you, if you watch it with the documentary, you see she talks about um, stuff that had happened on the set of being tied to a chair and being left there for hours at a time because everybody's worried about the lights and, you know, the, um, the time is coming up and they're going to lose light. Yeah. And it's um, trying, to, trying to cut her finger and uh, the blade... Um, the tape on the blade like moved so they cut her finger for real but her she was uh gagged so they thought she was acting while she's screaming and crying and everybody's like yay go go (laughs) that was really great and she's like bleeding profusely yeah um so it's 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 those types of performance that i think people just ignore especially the academy ignore but it's like it's a genius and she's the only one in the whole film that is covered in blood at the end yeah because you don't really see, I mean, you see some of the brutality, but it's never, it's never Graphic. gory in any way. Yeah. But she's the only one that's really covered in blood at the very end. Yeah. So. Did you know that I've, I've been chased with a chainsaw before? Have you? I have. When I was in college, we went to a haunted house. I, I can't. I know you hate them. I can't. Uh, and I was chased out into the parking lot by a man mm-hmm. with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. And this is maybe partially why I will never see this movie or don't want to see this movie again. Um, I fully assumed that the chainsaw did not have the blades on it, mm-hmm. that he was just chasing me with a, with a chainsaw, like a you know, mute chainsaw, basically. So I looked back, because I wasn't that scared, and then I saw it was a chainsaw with the blades on it, and it was running. Mm-hmm. It's like, if that man would have fallen, he could have cut me in half. Mm-hmm. So, and now I'm terribly terrified of chainsaws yeah i uh, i went through the same experience and what i do is i fall yeah (laughs) i immediately fall um and you know i've been watching these films forever and it's always the first instinct if somebody was chasing me i would run yeah but it's like my body could not move and that (laughs) paralyzed in fear yeah it was like oh i'd be dead yeah i'm dead so you wouldn't be a final girl, you'd, you'd say? I like to think that I would be, yeah. but I. But in that when that happened, it's like, oh, oh I'm, yeah, I would yeah. be dead. I, I feel the same way. I don't think I could make it. I mean, I would think I would like to, but I don't think I could make it. And I was like, I, 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 I don't hardly run anymore. So it's like yeah. I would. I would get out of breath and I would just be like, can you just calm, just, just calm kill down. me, just calm kill t- me. Can you just go, just run around the house one more yeah. time? There's and someone just, cuter next door. Go yeah. next door. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Do you think that, are you happy with this list? I am. I mean, there's, there's a lot there's more. There's a lot. Next Halloween. We'll do another one next talk. Halloween. I mean, we didn't talk about Amy Steele. We didn't talk about Adrian King and 
those two are um, very close to my heart. So if I could have my maybe my my final four, it would be Jamie Lee Curtis, Heather Langenkamp, Amy Steele, and Adrian King. Okay, yeah. that's good. Um, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back. I'm going to surprise you for a second. Uh, we're going to talk about some four performances that we think deserved, four horror performances that we think deserved an Academy Award nomination. And then I'm going to surprise you with a little game. Are you ready? Okay. We'll be right back. Ooh. Ooh. We're back. Are you scared? Have you carved your pumpkins? Have you watched your horror films? Are your knives safe? My knives are dull. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about right. Um, well, we're going to finish up our podcast today, and we're going to talk about four or five performances that we think definitely deserved Academy Award nominations in some sense, uh, and all from horror films. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start rapid fire. You tell me what you think, and then you'll go, you'll ask me what I think. Okay? Um, first, Courtney Cox. <laughs> Next. Oh, Gail Weathers is like my dream. She, my I idol. Probably because I, I identify with her too much. Yeah, because you're a complete bitch. <laughs> you're my Dewey. I'm Gail. Oh, who? You're my Dewey? I'm your, I'm Courtney Cox. You're David Arquette. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Okay, next one. Margot Kidder from Black Christmas. Well, she's no Olivia Hussey. No, it's Olivia Hussey with that sweater. Yeah. That's what I remember about Black Christmas is Olivia Hussey with that that black sweater with the white handprints over yeah. the breast. Yes. And I think she was pregnant during that. And that you can see the hands like getting <laughs> wider, and wider and wider throughout the film. But I think Margot Kidder in that film is uh, she Well, first she plays an alcoholic sorority girl. Yeah. And she kind of steals the show. Yeah. Um, in every single scene that she's in, so, and I, I completely agree with you. Um, yeah. When we, I had never seen that movie. I watched, we watched it last year for the first time because um, I'd only seen the remake. <laughs> Which you just roll your eyes at when I already tell you that. Well, I haven't seen the original, but I saw the remake every single time, <laughs> every time. But I will say, uh, Olivia Hussey and Margaret Kidder both were very uh, surprising to me. Yeah, and Andrea Martin in that movie. Andrea Martin, you know. Yeah. All right, ready for the next one? Yeah. Um, uh, Sadie Frost in Dracula, which we just watched. Yeah. Okay. So watching it again and then realizing that I saw this with my parents. (laughs) Oh God. Probably. I don't remember the, um, the blatant sexuality of the whole piece. I was just like, Oh my God, there's blood and blood and boobs. Um, and then watching it again with you the other night, I'm like, why did, why did they take me to see this film? And why? Well, she is orgasming through half of that film, so and she's naked through half of it too. Yeah. But it's um, so there's some kind of choices that I'm like, I don't, I I love that film and I like the way that it's filmed, but I have questions about did did we need to see all that? Yeah, yeah. Because I know she's she's very sexual through the whole thing, but I don't remember reading the book that she was that. Well, there's something to be said about the idea of this when she becomes a vampire. It's the fact that it opens up all of her senses and opens up all of her uh, experiences, and so that that's what partially makes her more sexual. But and you but you also need an opposite of 
Winona Ryder's character. Yeah, and how do you think they were going to get people to see that movie? They were like, but there was like that one scene where just like one of her boobs was out. (laughs) We were watching, and and I was like, why is it just one boob? Where where is the nurse? Yeah, cover her up. Cover up her titty. Oh my god! There's no, there's no need to let just one hang out there in the wind. And it wasn't like a very. She wasn't a very zoftig. No, no. It was just a very pale white, but piece of flesh. Yeah. So I was like, okay. But I did think her performance was good. I think from where she has to go to where she becomes, I think that she was that was a great performance. Just like I think that Courtney Cox has a great performance in Scream. Sadie Frost, that when she's walking down the staircase with that child, yeah. And you can tell she may have been nibbling on the child. Right. As well. It's frightening. She yeah. Is, she is, besides Gary Oldman, she is the scariest part of that movie. Yeah. For sure. And then she has that collar. Yeah. <laughs> that Elizabethan collar. Just like dripping with blood. It's like, it's perfect. That movie deserved every Academy Award for the costume design alone. And can we segue? Yeah. To, um, wait, not segue yet. But segue to another thought that I had with that vision of her with that Elizabethan co- collar. Yeah, Sasha Velour. Uh-huh. Uh huh. When she when she won. Why has uh, Sasha Velour not, not dressed up as Lucy from Dracula? Hello. Yet? Yeah, that would be a great Sasha Velour. If you're listening, which I'm sure you're not. If you are, that's your next uh, cosplay drag look. Yeah. Okay. Next. Who is it? Tell me. <sighs> we talked a little bit about Shelley Duvall. Uh huh. But I think that was. Out of all of them, I think she should have been nominated. Yes. I, of all of these women, of all these performances, even the final girls that we talked about, that is the one thing that I am disappointed by. Mm -hmm. That she did not win and that Mm -hmm. she was not nominated for that performance. But I also think she's a very interesting actor to watch on film. She's very interesting. Um, And I wish, I really wish that she wasn't, like... Her personal drama aside, I wish that she was still working, and I wish that she was able to do yeah interesting work like she did do. Because it's I I look at her the same way that I look at um, actors like Sandy Dennis and Karen Black, yes, yep. um, who are God, that Sandy trio. And Karen that Black trio. And... I mean, we're gonna. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is in her own category. Yeah, but I think if I'm looking at actresses that I've just that has have inspired me. God, we could do a whole episode just on Sandy Dennis alone. Sandy Dennis, Shelley Duvall, Karen Black, Black. Trilogy of Terror, Geraldine Page. Yeah, we didn't bring. Well, that was TV, though. Yeah, we shouldn't. Yeah, that was TV. But Karen Black and Karen Black and most everything is brilliant. Uh, 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 Was it Burnt Offerings? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, we're getting off track. But if you haven't seen Karen Black movies, watch Karen Black movies because Karen Black is amazing. Yeah, and from Kansas, I guess. Is she? I think so. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think so. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna put that out there. If I'm wrong, tell me. Okay. Yeah. All right. And well, then now we can bookend it. Oh, our last one. <laughs> the with... well, the original Scream Queens. Janet Lee. Janet Lee, Jamie Lee's mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you love Psycho? I did. Yeah. I did. I like the remake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you did. I'm just kidding. I did not like the remake. <laughs> we. Okay. Another another film I saw with my dad. The remake. Uh huh. And when Vince Vaughn starts masturbating in the hole, you're like, okay, so that's okay. Because <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> for, because my dad was like, this is supposed to be a shot for shot remake. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, uh, so we're sitting shot there. Shot for shot. So we're, we're, we're sitting there and all of a sudden Vince Vaughn starts masturbating and my dad's like, what the hell? That, that, that was Gus Van Sant assuming that Anthony and Perkins like, was masturbating what, during that. Just, my dad was like, 
what? Because my dad was, he did not like to talk about anything like that. He did, And just to experience that with his son, it was yeah. just very like, oh, that's not what I wanted to pay for. No. So. Well, and I, I remember when I saw Psycho for the first time, um, and I was enamored of Anthony Perkins, even though he was playing a psychopath. But I think when talking about Janet Lee, it was like, she goes through a hell of a lot. In a short span of time in that and movie, not the she does not not fall into the typical right. final girl. She subverts trope. almost all of those tropes. In she fact, steals the money. Yep, she's a villain she really is. at the beginning. Yeah, um, and you you're like, should you be rooting for her? Should you not be rooting for her? And but then it's like she kind of figures out that she sh- she's gonna go back. Yeah, because I think at, right before she gets killed in the shower, she kind of goes through the whole war. Yeah, she's gonna go um, go back and return the money. Yeah. Well, and then her and Jamie Lee were in a movie together, a horror film, a Halloween movie together, even. They were in The Fog as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. They but were in they The Fog. Did, they were not related in The Fog. Yeah. But in Halloween H2O. She played. Was Janet she your mother? played her secretary. Secretary, yeah. 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 Who, that last scene, she goes by her old car from Psycho. Yeah. There's and so many references hear, in that movie. You hear the Psycho music in the background. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's an, I think that was. Um, do you think that performance deserved an Oscar nomination? I think for that time, yeah. I yeah. think that was the first kind of, I don't want to say it was a slasher movie because you think slasher movie and it's like you think more than four or five bodies yeah. are, or people are going to be murdered. But... And really it's just one, right? It's, well, it's her and then it's the, the detective. Yeah. As well, and then, of course, the mother. Yeah. But um, for that time, I think that was kind of very shocking to people to see that. Uh-huh. And not, not only that, to see a sweetheart like Janet Lee play this type of character and then get murdered 40 minutes into the film. Yeah. It's very shocking. And then, yeah. you know, then, of course, people recycle that in other films. Yeah. So. Okay. To wrap this all up, mm-hmm. I'm going to surprise you with a little game. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. So I'm stealing this from another podcast, which is called This Had Oscar Buzz. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. At the end of, end of, end, oh God, end of every episode, they play this game called the IMDb game. It's okay, because Scream stole everything from right. we're just, other films. We're just recycling, right? right? right. Um, so what, the IMDb game is, I'm going to pick an actress from your final girls list. Okay. And you're going to tell me the top four known four things on her IMDb profile. Okay. Okay, you get two guesses, and if you get them both wrong then i'll give you some hints okay what do i win you win my love and affection some candy corn you don't have any there's no we live together there's no candy corn in you don't know i'm hiding it (laughs) i want to see it first okay all right so you ready okay your final girl is jamie lee curtis (laughs) what are her top four known fours on her imdb profile okay Halloween. No. It's not in her top four? No. Nope. Then this this fucking game sucks. There is... there. I will tell you this. There what? are no no Halloween films. Nope. None. None. Are there other horror films in there? Nope. No horror films at all. Really? Yep. Fuck you, IMDb. Mm-hmm. There's, this algorithm is fucked up and weird, but yeah. Okay, so True Lies. Yes. Of course. Trading Places. Yes. A Fish Called Wanda. Yes. My girl. No. So you got two wrong guesses. So your hint, I'll give you a year first, and then I'll give you another hint. 2003. 
Fuck you, Freaky Friday. Yes, it's Freaky Friday. Fuck you. <laughs> you know what? IMDb. What? A f- I will tell I don't you. Want to play this game ever again? Wait, really? No, no. I don't agree. That was a surprising known for. This so. has. This needs to be uploaded or reloaded. <laughs> I'm sure it'll change again. after after no. this year with Halloween. Absolutely not. Okay, which which one of my final girls are you choosing? Um. I'm going to go with Nev Campbell. Okay. Okay. This is a lot harder than you think. I'm sure this probably... This one's going to be harder than Jamie Lee Curtis. Because it's probably mostly television. Can I... Can I... Can I bet? Can I... Can I bet? Yes. You can... You can bet... You can bet against me if you like. I bet you will get one right. Okay. Okay. Is one of them Scream? Yes. Okay. Uh, House of Cards? No. Party of Five? Nope. Okay. That's two, already two. Two wrong guesses, so give me hints for the other three. <laughs> <laughs> um... Or you can give me years, maybe. That might not help me. How about words? Words is fine. Don't, but don't do any rhyming words, because you did that before when we played this in the car, and you were, like, giving me rhyming words, and I was like, well, then I'm going to get it really fast. Okay. Again. Again. Louder. Uh. Louder. Here we go again. I. Give me a year. 97. Here we go again. 97. That was after Scream? Mm-hmm. Who else is in it? You're gonna you're gonna know it. That's fine. Just tell me. Um, hold on. I only have one of these so far. So uh, okay, hold on. Let me see if I can do this. Okay. No, make it. Come on. We gotta we gotta move the, we gotta move through this. People don't want to hear me thinking. They want to hear me answering. <laughs> Rebecca Gayhart. Oh shit! Scream two. Yes. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Scream, here we here is, we go again. Scream three on there. <laughs> yep. Scream four. Yep. It's all four scream movies. Oh, Nev Campbell. See, fuck you, IMDb. I don't. I I don't agree. This, uh, I think this is a shitty game. That other podcast needs to stop doing it. No, they're really good at it. This is pitiful. That was. I can't believe. I- <laughs> That's why I looked at him like he's not gonna get him. I cannot believe that all he's four screen movies. What? Where's drowning Mona? With Jamie Lee Curtis and Bat Miller. <laughs> and with that, that's a great place to end it. Great. Did you have fun? Yeah, I could talk. I could talk about the genre all day. Me too. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you for listening. Have a happy Halloween. Don't be uh, a final girl or be a final girl. That's what I wanted to say. Or boy. Or boy. Or a final However way you identify yourself. Whatever. Be be a final at it. Be final. (laughs) Just be final. Be a final at it. All right. This has been Best Supporting Actress and our special Final Girls Halloween episode. And we will see you next week when we dive into what year? 2016. 2016. It's a big year. You finally saw Carol for the first time. Are you excited? Um, I was... Carol is a horror film. (laughs) <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it yeah. next time. All right. This is it. I'm Craig. 
And I'm David. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Angie just texted me.